your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat, and on today's show we're going to be discussing what the potential divisions for the 2020-2021 NHL season could look like, plus a few news and notes items about uh, negotiations between the NHL and the NHL Players Association as they attempt to make an agreement to start the 2020-21 season. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Wild wherever you get your podcasts. We're on every podcast platform you can think of, you know, Google, Play, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button and you'll get the show of Lockdown Wild each day as it comes out. And as I said, today we're going to be discussing kind of what the potential NHL divisions for this upcoming season could look like, as well as some uh, CBA and uh, next season negotiations between the league and the Players Association. So, you know, the, uh, today uh, there's a story on ESPN Plus by Greg Wyshynski where he was talking about kind of some details of what the next NHL season could look like. And I think the most interesting part that got a lot of traction on Twitter today and that he posted out there was of what the reported divisions for next season in the NHL could look like. And as of right now, the supposed likely plan is to put the NHL into four divisions with the one uh, Canadian division, obviously because of the border issues and all that, uh, making Canadian division necessary. That'll be that. And you also have three other divisions in the U.S. uh, called East, Central and West. And so, you know, I guess first, let's just go down the list and kind of list all the divisions Uh, in the Canadian division. Obviously, you have Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver and Winnipeg. Uh, In the East division, you have Boston. Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, and Washington. Now in the Central, you have Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay. Now in the West Division, which is where the division the Wild are in, you have Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, and Vegas. Now I know the first immediate reaction a lot of people, especially Wild fans, will have is, oh man, you know, we got a lot of a lot of West Coast time zone, a lot of Pacific time zones. We're going to have a lot of late games. And while that is true, I think there are a few reasons for optimism that we'll get into that. But I think, you know, the first key, like I said, there, there will be a lot of late games uh, this upcoming season, assuming it gets done uh, with the Wild in the West or Technical Pacific Division, because, you know, they'll be going out to Anaheim, to, out to anywhere in California, to Arizona, even to Colorado and Dallas, you know. There's only one team in that division, I think, that's in Central Time Zone, and that is in Dallas and Texas. So, you know. A lot of the games are going to be different times. A lot of the games are going to be later. You know, you could be looking at a lot of frequent 8 to 9, 9.30 start times, which, you know, for obviously for a lot of people isn't ideal with work or school or whatever that they have to get up early. But, you know, I, like I said, that's going to suck a little bit, you know, having to stay up late. Me, personally, I don't mind it. But, you know, that's just one situation. And I know a lot of people have to get up early to work and all that. So, you know, that that will suck a little bit. But I think on the bright side, if you look at it, there could be a chance there's not a ton of, you know, late night games like that because of with no fans in the building. I mean, I'm assuming at first there's going to be no fans in the building considering uh, the pandemic is kind of surging right now. So I'm assuming there won't be any fans or very little, if at all, in the building. So I think you'll have a chance to do a bit of a playoff style schedule, like either like they do in the normal Stanley Cup playoffs or like this year's playoffs where they have multiple games staggered throughout the day uh, every couple of hours that they can broadcast and that they can do. So maybe you have a game at, I don't know, let's say noon, two, four, six, and eight, or, you know, not necessarily like that. I don't know if they'll 
have five games a day in that exact order. But yeah, I think you get the point is they can stagger games throughout the day, you know, have one like kind of in the late morning, early afternoon, then have a couple in mid afternoon, then have a couple in the evening. So I think there is some optimism there, especially for me that, you know, all the games won't be late, that if they can stagger it and do kind of a playoff schedule like they have in the past and like they did with these this year's playoffs when they have multiple games throughout the day, I think that could definitely help and, you know, ease the load of the late games so that more and more people can get a watch on them because you know if there's no fans in the buildings it you know i mean it does matter but it technically really doesn't matter when the games are especially if teams are playing like you know these two or three game series in one city like we are expecting like in baseball where let's say the wild will go to anaheim and they'll play two or three games there over five or six days uh play those games and then they'll traverse the next city so i think that especially will help the potential for you know not having all the games be late at night but you know the Wild are basically going to be in the Pacific Division if this is how it goes. Uh, even though it's called the West, I mean, you know, you'll be in California, Arizona, Colorado, and Vegas. So, you know, unfortunately, we'll have to deal with that a little bit up here in Minnesota this season whenever it starts. But I think, like I just talked about, there are some upsides to that, and it's not going to potentially be all bad. And, you know, I guess I just kind of about some of the other divisions we'll get into here uh, the rest of the segment. But, you know, obviously the Canadian Division is interesting. You have all the Canadian teams in one division. I know a lot of people up in Canada I've seen, you know, on Twitter and comment sections are very excited about the possibility of an all Canadian division. Uh, I'm personally intrigued by it as well. You know, I, I think a lot of people are too, like, you know, with these divisions this year, how are they going to be, what's the playoff format can be? How are they going to do it? You know, I think one idea a bunch of people have had is to have the top four teams in each division qualify, which again, I don't know how that's go. That seems maybe the most logical way to go up about for the playoffs this year. But, you know, anyways, I think the Canadian division will be very interesting with all those teams. Uh, aside from maybe Ottawa, who is still not is still not good, but I think they won't be as bad as they were the last couple of years. You know, Montreal, I think, should be a little better. And all the other teams, I think, are fairly close. Uh, you know, in Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. So that'll be interesting. And out in the East Division, you got the Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, you know, Carolina, New Jersey, both New York teams, the Philly and Washington. So, you know, again, that, t- you know, the teams that are technically out in the Eastern Conference normally, I think, is going to be kind of the hardest division. Because, I mean, in this East division, you got Boston, Carolina, the Islanders, Philadelphia, the Caps. You know, those are like five good teams right there. And if you're only having four teams make the playoffs in each division, then you could, you know, and you could have a really good team like Washington, Philly, or the Islanders, or, or even Carolina miss out in the playoffs, which, you know, probably wouldn't happen most years with the wildcard system. So, That'll be very interesting to see. And then, you know, if you look at the Central Division, which the Wilds are not in, you, they think this is one of the, also a little bit of a weaker division, but they have Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, both Florida teams, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. And this was a bit of a weird division because you would wonder why are Tampa Bay and Florida in the Central Division? But, you know, when you think about it, again, you know, some people were saying, why don't the why, why aren't the Wild in the division with St. Louis and Chicago? Well, if you start moving teams around like this, then you're throwing the balance off, and they don't have one division with like nine teams and one with six. And the whole point of this is to you know to have balanced divisions, have four balanced divisions, so that they can play all their games inside the division, limit the travel, save on travel. And I just think if you started moving them around too much, you just you know you wouldn't it would mess everything up. And so I, it would mess everything up in terms of realignment. So I don't think, you know, they're going to be changing too much off of this. I think this will be somewhat close to what we get for divisions when the season starts, but obviously it'll be very interesting to see because that'll pretty much determine uh, who the teams will play and specifically who the wild will play because, you know, all reports so far have been that outside of the playoffs, all teams will be playing only the teams in the division each in the season. And they'll probably play them each team and other seven teams in the division about six to eight times a season and, you know, so that'll be interesting. And I think the other kind of 
tidbit about that that I've heard is that the um, uh, once they get to the playoffs, they'll have you know the, I think what seems like a likely possibility is they have top four teams in each division, including the Canadian division. So what I think they'll probably do is have you know one versus four in each division play off each other in the first round, and two versus three in the first round, you know, for each division, and then you know have let's say the central and West as the Western conference and Canadian division and the Eastern conference as the Eastern conference. And then whoever comes out of the Canada and the East will play each other in the conference final. Whoever comes out of the central and the West will play each other in that other conference final. So, you know, again, that's, that's a lot of just speculation by me, but I think that's, you know, some of that stuff that I just mentioned is fairly close to what we could see in the NHL season when it starts. So, you know, very interesting. So uh, coming up next on Lockdown Wild, I'm going to be discussing kind of giving my rankings of the teams in this supposed West division that the Wild were in and kind of analyzing how they could potentially do if that happens. Biltco is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Biltco is easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase, your backpack, your golf bag, and it'll help you power through your job, your game, back nine, whatever. And it's, like I said, it's the best workout gel in the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. And like I said, it's very healthy for you. It provides you a boost and a good taste while also being very healthy for you because it contains collagen protein, which is a fast-absorbing protein. It gets into your system fast, and it's easy on your stomach. And it all Built Go also has vitamins such as B3, B6, and B12, along with a little bit of honey and a kick of caffeine too. Again, it gives you that, that kick and that energy, but it also is healthy. So you're getting something that tastes good. Uh, that gives you that boost of energy, but also is healthy and makes you feel good about what you're putting in your body. So again, if you want to go to visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! We're back here on Lockdown Wild discussing uh, the t- potential 2020-2021 NHL divisions. And in the previous segment, uh, I discussed kind of what I thought of the divisions and what I thought of the implications would be on the Wild and their fans, you know, for game times and what the time to broadcast will be back here in Minnesota. So uh, coming up in this segment, we're going to be kind of, I'm going to give my thoughts on the West division that the Wild will be in and what I would kind of put as for the rankings and where I think the Wild would sit in among those eight teams. But first, again, I just want to remind everyone to follow the podcast account on Twitter at Lockdown Wild. And you can also follow me at ZB Wild Nation underscore HW on Twitter. And also just another reminder that I've, kind of said this a few times but we do have a the show does have a gmail account that you can email us so if you want to ever email any questions mailbags for mailbag episodes which we'll have next week uh or any suggestions for guests segments idea or again mailbag questions you can send those to lockdownwild at gmail.com and i will be very happy to hear a few very happy to hear whatever you have to say about the show and so be sure to do that if you'd like and also just remember to subscribe to lockdown wild wherever you get your podcasts so you know like i said we're gonna be, i'm gonna discuss kind of what i think of this west division that the wilds could be in and where they could rank and so i guess let's just go down the list and kind of rank the teams and you know at number one this was a bit of a debate i mean because you have colorado avalanche the vegas gold knights and the dallas stars who i think are the three clear best teams in this division and you know after that it's a bit of a mixed bag but at the top it was kind of difficult because you know, Dallas was the team that did make the Stanley Cup Finals in the bubble this past season. And while I think they'll definitely be a good team, there's just, for some, I could be completely wrong here. I mean, I don't follow the Stars that much, but there's just something about the team, even after that run, that I still just don't like 
love. Like, I mean, maybe it's just because they're not a particularly flashy team. And, you know, maybe I'm, you know, I could be completely wrong here, but there's something to be that I don't love. So I, I, I don't put them as the best team in the division. But for me, it kind of came down to Colorado and Vegas. And while Vegas, I think, is ultimately the most well-rounded team out of in this division, I think that Colorado is the best. I mean, you have McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, Burakovsky, a new acquisition, Brandon Saad, you know, Valerie Nachushkin, Jonas Donskoy, you know, JT Confer, all these guys on offense there. They got the high end talent up front and lots of it, but also have the incredible depth to back it up. And on the deep on the back end, it's even better. You know, you got Kael McCarr, uh, Eric Johnson, Samuel Girard, you know, all those guys, you know, a great defense uh, that really anchors the blue line and a defense that's also very mobile and can produce offense. So, you know, in, in goal, it's a little bit more of a question mark with Philip Grubauer, Grubauer and Pavel Francouz, but they've both put up, you know, around the 915, 920 save percentage the last few years. So at the very least, the Avs goaltending is good enough. And, you know, as you all know, I'm not a, I don't have a really, have a, not very fond of the Avs, but they are a very good team. And I think the best team in this division. And, you know, they, for me, they just beat out the Vegas Golden Knights who, you know, Vegas doesn't, I mean, they have Mark Stone and, a, you know, a guy like that who, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think they have a really a great, like, elite goal scorer on their team. I mean, guys like Mark Stone, Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, William Carlson, you know, I'm probably missing guys, but, you know, guys like that, those are good players. And Mark Stone is the best because, you know, he's he's a prototypical, you know, he's, he's not a center, but he plays like a center. I mean, he should be in the Selkie conversation every year because of so how great of a two-way game he plays. You know, he's a great playmaker. He can score 25, 30 goals and put up, you know, 70, 80 points. So Mark Stone is a legitimate top-line kind of star level forward, but He's not, you know, that he's not like a McKinnon uh, level for me there. And he's not really much. I don't think he's a huge goal scorer either. So that's my one thing about Vegas that I, you know, don't really love is that they don't really have a ton of, you know, pure goal scorers in the team. Again, guys like Carlson, Marshall, Stone, all really great and all great in their own ways. But, you know, they're more of a kind of playmakers and can drive play that way, which, you know, not a rip on them. But, you know, overall, Vegas is a great team. You know, they got a great, great deal in goal with Robin Leonard for, for the next five years at $5 million. He's a really good goaltender. Uh, he's rebounded the last couple of years. He is great, and I think he's a legitimate number one. And their defense is good as usual with a breakout star, Shea Theodore, back there. So, And and obviously, I can't forget the new acquisition in Alex Petrangelo, who signed the monster uh, seven-year deal as a free agent with the Vegas Golden Knights. So, you know, they're a very good team as well. You can never count them out of anything in the NHL as long as this group is together. And I think they are very close to the second best team in this division. So, you know, like I said, Dallas three, they don't particularly inspire me for whatever reason, even though they did make the finals, I could be completely wrong about them. But I think their lack of, you know, I mean, Tyler Sagan is good, but he's the last couple of years, he's been kind of mad. And I, I don't, you know, they're not a particularly prolific offensive team anymore. So I think still, still think they're really good and they, they could be any one, two, three, but I put them at three in this division. And then after number three, when you get to the, you know, in the four spot in this division, I think is where it gets very interesting. And like I said, in the previous segment, I think there's a decent chance that they do kind of a, with the playoffs this year, with, you know, for sake of alignment and keeping things even, they'll, I think there's a decent chance they go, you know, in each eight, seven or eight team division, the top four teams make the playoffs. And, you know, this would obviously be in the West division, the last playoff spot available to teams. And, you know, while I don't think there's a, all these teams are really in consideration for that. I mean, you know, who knows with how the world is now and how the season goes, you know, with guys potentially being out with, you know, being unhealthy, injured, you know, tired down, worn down, you know, who knows with the compact schedule. But I think there's a couple teams that are in consideration for this fourth spot. And, you know, again, this might be a little bit biased, but I think the Wild are the fourth best team in this proposed division, uh, you know, again, you know, the thing with the Wild is, you know, I last year I was kind of higher on them than most. And I think, 
I was sort of proven right by that. You know, they were, you know, they were on pace for like in the mid nineties of points. So I think they are right around a fringe playoff team. And I think in this division, they are fourth. I mean, you know, the trading, getting rid of Eric Stahl, Miko Koivu, while Koivu is not a big goal scorer, but he is a better defensive center than they have. Uh, you know, those, that really impacts their de- center depth. And I mean, right now you got at your center depth, you have a not a winger in Marcus Johansson, uh, you know, Nick Benino. Nick Bukestad, Jules Eriksson, Nico Sturman, potentially rookie Marco Rossi. I almost forgot. Yeah, stupid me. But Marco Rossi could be in there. But again, their center core is either just okay or very inexperienced position. So, you know, that does put a little doubt in my mind about where the Wild would finish. But, you know, we'll see. And then at number five, the next team who I think has a real shot at that number four spot in this proposed West Division, if that's how they do things next season, is the Arizona Coyotes. Now, Last year has been very rough for the Coyotes, and I mean, I guess I should say their entire existence has been very rough, even going back to when they're Winnipeg, you know, not a lot of stability in either franchise. I guess it's technically the same franchises, but, you know, not been a lot of stability in the Coyotes' history, and, you know, with, you know, the trades of Taylor Hall, the losing in the playoffs, blah, 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 giving up a lot of assets, and, the you know, the horrible Mitchell Miller situation where they made a draft pick completely ignoring that, you know, Miller was, you know, a bad dude and had showed no remorse for bullying you know, a, a per, another kid in his grade. So, you know, that was, that was a big black mark on their organization. You know, they did not handle that right. And, you know, that he, sh- that Miller should never have been drafted uh, as we all know, but, you know, I still, you know, as, as bad as that situation was and as bad as that makes them look, you know, I'm, I guess at this point we're going to, you know, go hockey wise really. And the coyotes are, you know, it's, they're kind of contradictory. I mean, they've had all this young talent, in the past few years that you thought, Hey, when are they going to break out? When's the, when's the breakout for this team? And last year for a while, it seemed like that was going to be it. And they made the trade with Taylor Hall to get him. And they thought, okay, this team is finally going to be for real. But unfortunately that just did not happen. They made the plan round. They won their plan round against Nashville, but they were easy, destroyed by the Avs in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, Taylor Hall, not resigning, like I said, a lot of turmoil with John Chaka leaving the whole, them drafting Mitchell Miller despite knowing he was a bully and never apologized for it. Uh, fiasco that, you know, has made them look really bad. There's just been a lot of negative energy around the Coyotes last, you know, year. But I still think there is some good young talent in Clayton, guys like Clayton Keller, Christian Dvorak, Jacob Chikrin, and in goal with, obviously, uh, Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta. So I don't think that's a horrible team, and I think they could potentially also be a fringe playoff team as well. And then, you know, the bottom three, you could put three California teams in any order. I mean, I put six. With, for the LA Kings, seventh Anaheim Ducks, eight San Jose Sharks, you know that's that's going to be you know I, I just, those teams it's weird like you know two or three years ago those were all great teams they're all Stanley Cup contenders and now you know they just age seem to caught up to them and a few bad moves and bad contracts in each of those teams has kind of you know made the wheels fall off a little bit so I think the three California teams will kind of make up the bottom three teams in the league next year again I could be wrong but that's just kind of how I see it as of now and you know. Again, this this West Division will be interesting. You know, if this comes to fruition, I think the Wild have a good shot of being a playoff team in this division. But again, you know, a lot depends on the situation that plays out with the hockey world and the world in general uh, in the next couple of months. So uh, when we come back on Lockdown Wild, the next segment, I'm going to be kind of talking about some of the other news that came out of the NHL and about potential negotiations for the season and, uh, you know, some news around the old CBA that was just signed uh, this summer.
Built Bar is the best tasting energy bar around. You know, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for keto diets and a variety of other diets. So, and you know, for example, for let's do flavor profile, you have peanut butter, which has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories with only five grams of sugar and five grams net carbs. So again, you get the tasty kind of treat where you think, you know, brownie, peanut butter, whatever, you wouldn't think that, hey, that can't be really good for me. But when you really look at it, you know, Built Bar is very healthy for you. Uh, it, like I said, it's a kind of, it tastes like a treat, but it's healthy for you. You can feel good about what you're putting in your body and it'll also help keep you full, give you a little boost of energy till when you next eat. So again, if you want to, you can go, to, you should actually, you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, if you go, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And we're back here on Lockdown Wild discussing the 2021 potential NHL divisions as well as some uh, new CBA updates and negotiations on next season between the NHL and NHL Players Association. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, Lockdown Wild, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get the new show of Lockdown Wild each day as it comes out. And so another kind of piece of news that kind of broke today was from uh, Pierre Lebrun over at The Athletic, who has been a longtime great NHL uh, writer and insider. So be sure to go read this out in art and article in full. But I have a few notes that I kind of thought were interesting and I want to talk about here on the show today. And, you know, look, before the return to play in the summer for the playoffs, the NHL and the NHLPA agreed on a new CBA extension for, I think, six years. That included a lot of things, you know, way too many things for me to get into right now. But there were key things that, you know, they agreed upon that the NHL has now came back to them and said, we want to change and we want more of this and we want more of that. So, and I guess the first kind of big thing is that, the, you know, the NHL is asking for the players to defer more of their money. You know, the key part of that though, is that they're not asking to prorate their salaries for a shortened season. The, you know, they're not asking them to throw some money out the window and never get it back. But they're the NHL is what they're saying is they're asking to defer more of the player salary money, which, you know, is they'll, the players will still get their money, but it'll be in a few more years over the next couple of years instead of all this season. And that is a big, kind of a big sticking point between them and the players because you know again they agreed on this in the new cba they thought they had this all done done and had an agreement in place but you know originally for the salary retention or no the salary deferment the original agreement between the two sides was 10 percent salary deferral but now the nhl wants an additional 16 percent for 26 percent in total of salary deferred so that was the first kind of big piece that stuck out to the players and kind of irked them and you know the next part of it that you know, it's notable that came out of the story that LeBron did, and that was just news in general around the NHL, is that uh, the NHL also wants to tweak escrow for the final three years of the new CBA agreement. And if you have been following the NHL over the last four or five years, whenever you see escrow in a news article and in an interview and in a report, whatever, that's always something that players, you know, don't like because, you know, they're giving up, they're not, they're giving up some of their paychecks, some of their money that they've earned through, you know, playing hockey for so many years and training so hard. And, you know, originally, there was a escrow over the final three years of the CBA. The original agreement between the Players Association and NHL was escrow for 2023-24 through the 2025-2026 season at 6%. And now the NHL wants to raise that somewhere between 8 and 9%. So again, you know, the key here is that the NHL is, again, asking for the players to raise their contribution and, you know, and essentially give them more of their money and essentially effectively making this player's salaries less than... Obviously, that's not, you know, going to go over well with players. There's always been a lot of debates between the two sides, you know, past lockouts, uh, work strikes, all sorts of that jazz that, you know, really not only does it irritate the players, but it irritates the fans because, you know, you don't get hockey. And 
it's it's a big issue. You know, I, I wouldn't say from the reports I'm reading that there's going to be there's a chance of the season not happening. It seems that you know that the two sides just want to play hockey, and that the damage of not playing the season would be far worse than the damage that was just a lot of of you know playing the season in front of little or no fans. So you know, it seems like the players will come to an agreement, and the NHLPA will with NHL eventually, but. You know, there's some key points. I can understand both sides. I mean, you know, if you're the players, you sign an agreement with the NHL thinking, okay, hey, you know, we're still going to lose money. I don't like it, but we're still going to get that money. And now the NHL is coming in here and saying, hey, no, I know we just agreed to this literally four months ago, but we want to take more of your money. And, you know, I can understand both sides. The NHL thinks that, you know, they're fair. They're just, they're not taking away their money. They claim that they're just, you know, deferring their money out. But, you know, obviously the tough times, you know, everyone wants to get paid and, you know, that's just going to be an issue long time and hopefully they'll figure it out but you know especially i don't think they want to go into kind of a public fight like the nlb did between the players association league you know because right now with everything going on with you know most people hurting you know financially or otherwise people really are not interested or do not feel bad in millionaires fighting billionaires so you know as in i know that's perspective i know they agreed upon it that's the contract that's what they agreed upon they should get that but you know i think Despite, I understand, like I said, I understand both the NHL's position and the NHLPA's position and the players, but ultimately I think they're just going to need to find a way to compromise. And, you know, maybe that means the NHL doing something in return, such as, you know, expanded playoffs or, you know, a really, you know, less money paid back a few years down the road, you know, who knows. So hopefully, again, they'll figure these issues out and figure that amount in time so that we can get a 2020-2021 NHL season are up and running here sometime soon. So before the show ends, just want to remind you that you can connect with me on Twitter and the show at Lockdown Wild. You can find my personal account on Twitter at ZB Wild Nation underscore HW. And you can also email any question, mailbag questions, guests, or segment ideas to the show in Gmail at Gmail. Lock- at lock no it's lockdownwild at gmail.com you can email any questions or anything that you may have i'd be happy to hear from you and also be sure to subscribe and follow lockdown wild on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of lockdown wild as soon as it's available each day so uh, before we go i just want to uh, suggest to you to go check out any of the lockdown minnesota podcasts such as lockdown vikings lockdown timberwolves lockdown gophers you know with the nba draft taking last night with timberwolves selecting anthony edwards first overall as well as making a big trade with the Oklahoma City Thunder to bring Ricky Rubio back to Minnesota. Be sure to check out Lockdown Timberwolves for all your Wolves coverage that you could ever need. The guys, they do a great job over there. And also check out any of the other Lockdown uh, Podcast Network shows with a lot of great sports content coming your way. So again, uh, this, you've been listening to Lockdown Wild. I'm your host, Zeke Boyat. Have a great day, and I will see you next Monday.